Hi, this is Sheila with the Communicate Influence podcast. This week, I'm talking to someone who could almost be described as a marketing juggernaut. My guest is Mark Gaberti, an author, marketer, and host of three podcasts, including the Breakthrough Success podcast. What makes Mark exceptional is that he's still in his early 20s and has published more than two dozen books. He's overcome plenty of challenges in his work, a significant one being age discrimination. Mark and I discussed this, as well as his work ethic, intense focus, and his ability to accomplish so much. Marketers and communicators who intend to accomplish a lot in a short period of time will enjoy this episode. And in particular, if you're a teen or a young person wanting to make strides at an early age, this episode is definitely one for you. First, a word from this episode's sponsor, the CMO Lab, The Pivot Podcast, a marketing podcast brought to you by Apex Public Relations. And we'll have all the links you hear in our show notes. This episode of Communicate Influence is sponsored by the CMO Lab Pivot Podcast. Produced by Apex Public Relations, The Pivot interviews Canadian senior marketers to discuss how marketing is or isn't adapting to fast change. Sheila here with the Communicate Influence podcast, and I'm really happy to introduce someone that I've wanted to uh, interview for a long time. That's Mark Gaberti. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. That's great. And you're in New York today, yeah? Yes, I am. Good. Uh, you're based there. The thing about you, Mark, you've really impressed me. Uh, you're a young man, an entrepreneur, very focused, tremendous amount of output, Tell people a little bit about yourself uh, in case they haven't heard from you of you. Sure. So I've written over 26 books. I host three different podcasts, come out with six episodes each week. And I have over 100,000 students enrolled in all my online courses. But it didn't always start out that way. The way that really started was I was just at 11, I started a blog about the Red Sox. Um, and that pretty much led to... I, my love for blogging, my love for content marketing, which turned me on to the whole content marketing, digital marketing niche, which is pretty much how I got to where I am now. And what, what prompted you to, to start a blog when you were 11? I mean, that's kind of unusual, isn't it, to, to think, well, I'm, I'm going to sit and write. Most kind of 11-year-olds are wanting to be out and about and doing things with their friends. I mean, I'll, I had food allergies at a very early age, so that idea of being like unusual, being different, didn't really bother me as much because I'd been used to it at that point. And the blogging idea just came around as you know this, like I'm a Red Sox fan in New York, so there's not that many Red Sox fans in New York, so the blog was a way to interact with other Red Sox fans. Oh, that's cool. It's a good idea. You developed that blog, and I understand that you've had many blogs since then. Are those blogs still up and running, or is your focus now the main blog on markgaberti.com? Yeah, I had a few other blogs. Some of them did pretty well in terms of traffic, but I now focus on markgaberti.com. That's my main hub now, and I haven't updated the other blogs at all. Right, okay. And just to digress for a minute, Mark, what are your thoughts on um, someone who's into communications or marketing, content marketing? Is it worthwhile starting a blog today? Is it a good move to to make or is it you know just going to be too much work to get traction? What, what's your take on that? I think blogging is still very relevant today because people continue to read content. And as long as you have people who are going to continue reading content, blogging is still going to be relevant. 
The name of the game is relationships, which is why I'm shifting a lot more to podcasting because in the act of creating the content, you are building a relationship. You are doing an interview much like this. So I do recommend podcasting a lot more now, but blogging is still a really great opportunity. And if you like feature other people in your content, you can have that relationship building effect. Mm, good answer. I really like that. So it's possible then to start with a blog, uh, be authentic, have something of value to say. And then, you know, once you have some followers move into podcasting, yeah? Yeah, I mean, it totally depends on how you want it. Like some people do podcasting at the very beginning, other people do blogging at the very beginning, but the whole name of the game is relationship building. <clears throat> and let's go back to, to what you've been doing in, in your life. I was kind of a little bit stunned there when you said you'd written over 20 books. I had no idea that it's that many. Um, I first discovered you when I, I bought one of your books, which I've read and found really helpful. It was Podcast Domination, which I read last summer when I was researching, getting set up for my own uh, podcast. How how have you managed to write so many books when you've been in, I know what people in the US call school, in, in Canada it's university, and you've been studying. How have you managed to, to you know, create so much work? I think to me, it's just a matter of coming up with the really simple habits and sticking with them. So for me, writing a thousand words per day, and most of my books are around 18 to 20,000 words. I don't go out there writing 200 page books like podcast domination book you mentioned. By the way, thank you for reading that book. That book, hey, no like, yeah, it's just a hundred pages. Podcast domination. While a lot of other people, they feel like you need to have two hundred pages. They feel like you need to have a rigorous editing process. I know this is a little bit more of the controversial side, but I just eyeball my content once because to me, it's more important to get the content out for the readers to benefit from. And if there are typos, I could always just go back in and change them. That's the beauty of self-publishing. You could go back in there and change any part of your book, add a different opt-in that is more related to your book after it comes out. So you can go into your book and update it. And writing a thousand words per day gives me more than enough content to publish like more than a dozen books each year with that habit in place. Okay. And do you have a routine for your writing, Mark? Does it is it something as soon as you get up? Is there a time slot maybe after you've had coffee, tea, whatever it is that you like in the morning? How does that work for you? For me, I usually write early in the morning. That's just what works for me. Early in the morning, different meanings for different people. I usually get it done before 12, before noon. Sometimes I'm in the early evening with it, but I'm just not able to write as productively at the night. And I know that, so that's why I get the 1,000 words done earlier in the day. Mm. And so it sounds as though your books kind of come directly from your experience and you know, what you've encountered when you've been doing something. Do you, do you do research at all? For example, with your podcast domination book, did you uh, do a lot of research into podcasting and look what other people look at what other people had written? Or was it more, you know, this is my experience, this is what's worked, I'm, I'm going to get this out there for, for people? I do very light research during the actual writing the book, but I am learning about podcasting, about self-publishing, about investing, about these different topics every day, or at least I'm learning something new every day about one of those topics. And just that compounded knowledge makes it easier for me to recall things that I remember 
And then I just put those in the book and combine that with my own experiences. Yeah, that makes sense. And I can understand completely what you say when you when you say that you're researching all the time, because if you're reading all the time, listening to podcasts, you're absorbing new information each day. So, yeah, that is your research. And what are you working on now, Mark, or, or is it a surprise? But I'm assuming that you have a, a book in the works. Can you share what that is? Yeah, I've always got a book in the works. The next one I'm working on is how do people make money with nonfiction books. So we're, we're going to go deep into the book bottle. And regarding like other projects I'm working on, YouTube is the big social network that I've been on and off it for like a few years. But this is the year that I'm really going to go all in on YouTube. I already do at least two uploads a week. We're really getting to that point where it's going to be three uploads a week, and we're going to be doing live content there it's for self-published authors, podcasters, investors. So that YouTube channel is going to be where I put a lot of my focus in right now. Oh, that's great. I'm going to look forward to seeing your videos. And you, I'm not sure when you uploaded it. It was very recently. You had an interview with uh, Tom, Tom Ziegler, um, Zig's son. And I, I watched that this morning and got some very relevant key messages out of that, uh, the focus on the why, which makes complete sense. But I think sometimes creative people, they, you know, they get infused with an idea and they might jump over the why. So, so tell us about your why, what is about, you know, what's behind your tremendous amount of, of productivity and energy? My belief is that age is not a limit to success. And I've been doing this like before graduating high school before graduating college and uh, like this isn't like a don't go to college speech like that's not where I'm going at all because I did go through college I completed it. I got my finance major but uh, the point is I don't I feel like there are too many people who think they have to wait until they get a degree they have to wait until someone else gives them approval gives them permission to pursue their career path and I want to show people through my work, through my age, through my example, that you can be accomplishing your dreams going forth on your career at a young age. Do it now instead of later because it is a little harder to do it later. Definitely possible, but when you are young, you just have such great opportunity. But I feel like too many people miss out on that. Mm. I mean, that's a great answer, Mark, and I, I think it's so true. But at the same time, I have to say, you know, you're a remarkable young man because, you know, looking back on my early years, and I know a lot of people would, would share this feeling, uh, I certainly didn't know. I knew that I wanted to write, but how I was going to do it, and it was kind of like a vague, off in the distance uh, type of thing. So that intensity of focus and effort, it's, it's quite an achievement. I mean, is there something behind that or, or do you just say, that's how I am? Uh, I think it's just part of who I am. I mean, there comes a point where you just grind so consistently where it becomes a habit. So I definitely feel like my work ethic now is part of my identity and the work that I do just because I've been embraced in it so long and I continue to learn every day. I continue to put out new content every day and it's just something where the more you invest in it, the more of an identity it becomes. Mm. And I mean, obviously you're passionate about it. You like what you're doing. Yes. Now, you, you touched on something earlier which I want, want to pick up on because uh, you touched on the whole thing about ageism, where you are at the moment in, in your 20s and uh, 
That issue has come up a little bit last year in particular when we had Greta Thunberg travel to North America and unfortunately and sadly for me was dismissed by a lot of people because of her age. And yet, you know, it's clear that young people are going to have a tremendous impact on the world and possibly even save the planet. And and I don't say that lightly. That's a, a pretty big thing. Have you had experience with uh, ageism, Mark, because of your, your young years and, and what's that been like for you and how do you respond to it? Yeah, I, I've definitely had uh, encounters with this. It's, you know, something you wish isn't a thing, but it is a thing and other people have had it worse. But um, what I'll say is when I talk about like business and I'm telling you like, you know, this is how you get clients. This is how you get blog traffic. This is how you build a brand. People are looking at like a 15 year old and they're thinking, you don't know anything. You're young. Like, stop telling us about this stuff that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I don't feel like waiting until I get 10 years of business experience, 20 years, 30 years before starting the YouTube channel, before starting the podcast and things like that. The way that you actually get the experience is you actually do it. This isn't theory. And some people will say like, you know, I have 20 years of business experience. For some people, that's 20 years of legit business experience. For other people, it's repeating year one 20 times. So mm-hmm. I don't really care how many years of experience you have in something. What I care about and what the market and everyone cares about it, whether they want to say it or not, what they really care about is results. Mm-hmm. Do you want advice from the person who's been in radio and podcasting for 30 years, but that's still not their full-time thing? Or do you want advice from the podcaster who's only done it for five years but does it full-time and helps people do that too? Mm. And is, is successful at it. Exactly, yeah. That's a pretty good response. And I mean, you, you have been doing it for a long time. Now, when did you start your first podcast, Mark? I started my first podcast in 2016, just after graduating high school, because I had the summer to figure it out. I had the summer to get all the interviews in because I like having a buffer of interviews before I actually launch. So I don't feel stressed to like, oh, I got to find someone to interview this week because my deadline's coming up. So I use the summer to just get all that set up. And I mean, now I have three podcasts and I just want to keep expanding on it. And that would have been the Breakthrough Success podcast, the first one. Is that correct? Yes, that was the beginning. Okay. And tell our listeners a little bit about that podcast and what, what you're achieving with it. Sure. So Breakthrough Success is approaching 500 episodes. I'm not sure when we'll get there. Maybe 2020, maybe I'm feeling 2020. We'll definitely probably hit it, but it is approaching 500 episodes. We talk about business, we talk about personal development, and it's gotten me a lot of opportunities. It's allowed me to be an icon of influence at the New Media Summit. It's allowed me to be part of the media at the National Publicity Summit. And when it comes to different speaking opportunities that the show has gotten me, different clients that the show has gotten me, different like being able to attend events for free. There's so many different things that Breakthrough Success has done for my brand. And that is why I have branched out and started two more podcasts because I feel like the more of these you have, the more relationships you get to build and the more your business is able to grow. Mm. 
And I've listened to that podcast uh, quite a few episodes. I've followed it and I really enjoy it because you've had such a, a range of guests on. As you said, Mark, you cover so many different things that contribute to success. So I would recommend that podcast to anyone who's listening right now. And then your your second podcast that, that you launched, tell us about that. Sure. So the second podcast I came out with was Profitable Public Speaking. If you're someone who wants to get on the stage, if you're someone who wants to get paid to speak, and if you're someone who wants to like get more confident on the stage and have that better presentation, that is going to be the podcast for you. It's more speaker-focused. While Breakthrough Success, we cover all these different business topics and personal development and it's more broad on breakthrough success. Profitable public speaking is super niched into you have to be a speaker and you're helping people like get more confident on stage, get on more stages, or make money from the stage. How often do you do you release an episode for, for that podcast, Mark? For profitable public speaking, it's just one episode per week right now. We are getting to the point soon where we will have to do two episodes per week. I do three a week on breakthrough success two a week on this to job. It's going to be a point where I'm publishing more than one episode a day at some point. Right. And you just touched on your your third podcast, which uh, I recall was was launched quite recently. That's that's called Ditch the Job, yeah? Yeah, uh, very recently. Yeah, okay. How's that going? Tell us about that podcast. I mean, the, the name is obviously a clue to what it's about, but, but tell us a little bit more. Yeah, Ditch the Job, pretty much. If you want to ditch your job, that's the show for you. Maybe like we talk about building up to that point, being smart with how to approach ditching the job. And then what are you going to do when you get out from like growing a business and also the social side? Because there are a lot of people who say, you know, entrepreneurship is very lonely and people want to ditch the job, be their own boss, but you don't want to be lonely either. So there are a lot of different things that we talk about on that journey of ditching the job. And the show has been doing pretty well so far. It's gotten quite a few people on it already. And we already have over 40 episodes recorded. It's just a matter of getting them all out. Mm. What kind of feedback are you getting with with, uh, Ditch the Job? Because I would imagine there are so many people with goals and aspirations. um, You know, they followed you or they've discovered you fairly recently. They see what you're doing. They want to do the same thing. So you're getting good feedback on that? Yeah, people are really enjoying the show. And it is something good that people tune into when, you know, like breakthrough success, we didn't release a new episode on a certain day that this the job covers that spot. And then if you know someone's going going through breakthrough success, they don't like some of the episodes we're seeing just because you know people have different preferences of what they want to be consuming now. A show like Profitable Public Speaking or Ditch the Job comes in as that other option for people looking for more content. Okay. Now in in terms of of what you're doing, Mark, is it is it you alone who is doing all this work? Are you are you uh, are running your business? Um, are you outsourcing? You're working with a business partner. How does that work for you? I've done delegation right now. Like with the podcasting stuff, it's usually just me. I have a very simplistic approach with editing and show notes. Um, but for people who don't want to have like a simplistic approach, they want super detailed show notes, super detailed editing, I would definitely recommend a delegation. But for me, it's just the style that I do it. It's more important for me to come out with high quality ep- episodes like often. Than it is for me to like add the intro music, add the outro music, like edit 
and add some music in between episodes. I'm more about let me just get the content out and be there for my audience mm. over let's make it perfect but then delay its release by two weeks. Mm, I see. So you kind of belong to the uh, the philosophy of, of good enough is good enough, like perfect perfection is the enemy of getting it done. Yep, that's me. <laughs> that's good, yeah. I kind of totally agree with that as well. And in terms of your, your books, how are they selling? What How is that working for you? So the books are doing pretty well. I use a mix of me sending out an email to my audience for each new book, partnering up with other authors where we promote each other's books, and also using Amazon ads to continue to get recurring like continuous book sales because the thing with a lot of book launches is that you see a big spike during the launch because everyone's promoting, it's a good time, but then you see a drop that only becomes more noticeable as the months go on and that's because you know there isn't much of a follow-up strategy most people have for launching their books. For a lot of people, it's, I just want to be able to say that I'm a New York Times bestseller, Wall Street Journal bestseller, USA Today bestseller. It's more about having that thing to say about yourself or just being able to say that you're an author. But the books can be such great sources of income from the book royalties alone and then you have the pages inside of the book that are saying, you know, like schedule a free strategy call with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, join my email list by getting this free thing. Like there's so many things you could do with a book, which is why I write so many and encourage people to write books for themselves. Mm. And do you, do you pursue book reviews um, fairly, fairly aggressively or do they happen organically? What's your, what's your take on the book review on Amazon or on your own website? I always pursue them, uh, like I pursue them very actively when mm-hmm. a book just comes out because it's different to say buy my book and it has no reviews versus buy my book and it has 20 reviews. Mm-hmm. So I'm always pursuing book reviews for my books. Obviously, the books that I pursue reviews for, it varies. Like if I feel like I, if a book has 20 reviews, I don't see as much of a need to build up that one because I have a lot of other books that have less than five reviews. So those are the books that I would want to build. So that it's like when every book that I'm focused on reaches five reviews, I'm thinking, okay, then let's get these to 10 and then Mm -hmm. focus on all the 10s, then focus on all the 20s and bring them all up together. So uh, that's pretty much like I do go after reviews And then that's just going to lead to more sales, which does end up leading into more organic reviews. Like there, like the books of mine that have the most reviews, uh, it was me finding some people who would review it initially, and Mm -hmm. now those reviews build up organically. Yeah. Okay. That's good. So that that's working well for you. And I'd like to shift a little bit now, Mark. Um, We've chatted for about 20 minutes. And for for younger people who are listening, they they could be in a job. uh, Maybe they've just lost their job. They could be finishing a gap year, wondering what they're going to do. If they're thinking kind of in any way at all, remotely or intensely focused on becoming uh, an entrepreneur like you and uh, setting up their business, what what kind of things would you recommend to them? What would you say? Key points of advice. I would say that patience is very big and you're doing the stuff you're doing now for like a year or two down the road. I think a lot of people, they want the payoff to happen as soon as they start the work. And then when they don't see the immediate payoff, they 
go to something else because that's where they think their immediate payoff is. But anytime I pursue a new project or I hire a coach for my business, I know that I'm not expecting returns right away. I'm doing this work. I'm hiring the coach for like two years down the road where then the returns are going to be big. Like I've hired a podcast coach, for instance, to help me with my podcast. And now we're talking like a year or two down the road. I make more money each month for my podcast than the entire coaching investment that I invested in this individual coach. So you do have to think long term and understand that is where your payoff is going to be. Mm-hmm. Rather than seeing someone who like made it big on some platform like YouTube in like a year and mm-hmm. then think that's just gonna happen to you too. So patience. Okay. Anything else that you would share in terms of actionable tips? What about kind of understanding the why or, or planning those kinds of things? What what would you what kind of guidance would you offer there? I mean, I would like the why is a really great topic. I would just say know why you're doing it and have a why other than making money. Mm-hmm. Like it's good to make money. You want to make money doing what you love. I get that. But have a bigger why than that. And I said this earlier. I'm going to say it again. Relationships is the name of the game. If you look at anyone who's super successful, they have a ton of relationships that led them to where they are. Mm. Let's talk a little bit more about the relationships. I mean, obviously, you you know, you really value them. Uh, I can remember when I, I bought your book and I posted it on Instagram because my thought was, you know what? Loads of people are getting into podcasting. These are the books that I've bought. I'm going to share them. And I was really surprised when uh, you sent a message or something, uh, You maybe a comment I, f- I forget now, and it was like, oh, thanks so much for buying my book. And that kind of blew me away. And then we, you know, we connected and started chatting. So you, you've developed that skill of being able to connect with people, but but. What do these relationships, you know, give you? How do you benefit from them and how do do your connections benefit from knowing you? So I initially start each relationship with the mentality of don't expect anything in return, but understand it is a possibility. So I reach out to some people who, you know, like it's just one point of touch. We never reach out to each other again. That's just the way some relationships go. But because of the way that I've developed some relationships, word of mouth has helped me to put position me in front of potential clients. You have podcast interviews like this one that are just inspired on a relationship. So there are so many different things that happen that can help you expand, but it really comes down to you knowing people and people like who knows you. And that's mm-hmm. going to be really essential for your growth. So I make it a point to build as many relationships with people as possible for the people who don't want to engage or uh, build that relationship with me. It happens. I'm fine with it. It's just the name of the game. But if it is someone who they care about my work, I care about their work, and we're in dialogue those are the kinds of relationships you want to keep and get more like those. Mm, and that's great. And I would imagine as well that you're learning from those people all the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, every podcast interview, you learn so much. Mm. Now, you you touched on uh, the fact that you had quite bad allergies. So, And I also know that you, you do uh, marathons as well, yeah? Yes, I do. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that kind of says that your health is important to you. And I'm just wondering... 
are you are you always kind of focused on the grind or do you do you kind of say hey it's it's time to take some time off like do you allow yourself that social time uh a little bit like there are going to be some weeks that are more like busy than others where I'm grinding more than others but I have no problem with embracing the grind and doing all the work that has to be done I still like take some time off you know like for me a lot of the off time I have is running and spending time with my family because mm-hmm. those are the things that I prioritize. Yeah, uh, but I do interact with the community as well, and uh, you know those are different things that to me, like you just got to be doing a little bit of. There is like uh, for each person, it's going to be different. Like, is this too much grind where the, I, I don't have anything else going for me in my life? It's just me working all day. Mm-hmm. Um, but so people have different levels of that, and you got to figure out what your level is. Yeah, exactly. So for you, you where where you're at, it's working right now, and you're happy with it. It feels balanced. Exactly. Yeah, and I I understand that you read a lot. Tell tell listeners what are you reading at the moment, and and what's kind of next on your list. So I've lately like changed the way that I consume content. So I actually watch a lot more YouTube videos and read a lot more blog posts now. Uh, mm-hmm. The big inspiration behind that is uh, it's just easier for me to quickly consume a blog post and a YouTube video. I like watching YouTube videos that teach me different things about like how to grow on YouTube, how to grow on self-publishing. Because not only am I learning, but I'm also seeing what top creators are doing in their videos to keep my attention and how they get me to watch more of their videos. So... Like watching like someone really successful, you get to pick up a thing or two. So not only am I learning about the topic I actually want to learn about, but I'm also seeing what successful people are doing on YouTube to continue to grab attention. Mm, that's great. So not so many books at the moment, but more the focus on YouTube, which is your plan for 2020 and blog post reading. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you you uh, released a book about uh, YouTube. I'm I'm sorry, I've forgotten the title. What it, what is that again? YouTube decoded. That's it. Okay, and people can find that on Amazon as well. Yeah. Yes. Well, Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you, and I know we're going to pick up the conversation next week and uh, talk about podcasting, how people can get into podcasting, or um, if they're already podcasting, how to improve it. So, I'm really looking forward to connecting with you then. Looking forward to it as well. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks so much, Mark. Take care. 